Welcome to The Alternative Investor, the show where we discuss, debunk, and demystify all things about investing in alternative assets. All right, Brad. Big day. Big, big day. Big day. Holy cow, (laughs) is it a big day. And people are probably wondering why. Uh, Because it's, what, July 13th? No, June 13th. that's, That's part of it. Uh, I think I might be closing on a deal tonight. Holy cow. It's happening. Hallelujah. It's been a long time coming. I'm not going to lie. Oh, my God. I think I I think I think quit my last job about, I don't know, and it's probably been three years and three years and four months ago, something like that. And so it was like 10. For most of that time, I've been looking to buy a business and uh, I've gone through about 5,000 different companies and sorted through lots of different websites and talked to lots of different owners. And I think I finally, <laughs> I know, gotten close. I've, I've, fi- I've gotten close on a few. We got, we got towards the finish line and I finally found one that uh, we love, we're excited about, and um, we're going to close tonight. And so we, I actually just, I just signed all of the purchase agreement do- uh, documents and sent those back to the lawyers and I guess they hold them and then they release them tonight at like midnight and we send the wire. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You can cut the tension with a knife. (laughs) I'm just exhausted. I think that's probably the the, the thing I'm feeling most right now. I mean, what are you even doing here recording a podcast? Shouldn't you be, you know, at the bar, you know, kicking some back? You did bring me a 24 ounce Pacifico. So thank you for that. Well, you know, celebratory. I mean, we're having a party because this is a big deal. Yeah. Um, So I've seen you up close and personal go through this process and it was not easy folks <laughs> it wasn't easy to see me i'm, I'm ima- i no. imagine well cuz you get so you get emotionally involved when uh, into deals especially in your world where there it's not like uh, you have five properties under contract or you're bidding on it one time it's like this is the deal you got to find the one deal yeah and you've gotten i think what three companies you kind of got pretty close yeah three or four three yeah. or four and so yeah. you spend so much time talking and thinking about this company because you're going to have to live with it for five, maybe 20 years. I mean, who knows, right? Maybe forever. And so you spend so much time and you get emotionally attached to it. And so we would spend many weekends kind of talking about it at family functions and there's a lot of momentum and it's like, oh, I hope this one, I hope it's the one. And then it doesn't happen. <laughs> oh, is that, is that what was happening when I was going to the bathroom or something? People were like, geez, Jesus, man, this guy. Did he fucking buy a company what already? Is, what is he doing? Did I just drop an F-bomb on the podcast? Uh, yeah, but I think we decided last week that that's fine. Okay. Or we decided it wasn't fine. I can't remember. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Look, I think, you know, that maybe we could just use this episode as kind of a, a little bit of a recap on what I've been up to for the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, maybe it's, yeah, hopefully serves as sort of a, I don't know, I, I want to say inspiration, but also maybe just cautionary tale. <laughs> For folks that that want to do something like this, you know, you want to go out there and you want to buy your own deal or, you know, buy a piece of property and run it, you know, I, I can show the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah, I think that'd be great. I think that would be helpful for people out there and and they would learn, you know, the ins and outs and, and not to get so emotionally tied to, uh, you know, every company uh, because you never know which one's going to get across the finish line. But this one did. Yeah. So speaking of this one, well, you're probably wondering, what am I buying, right? Yeah. All right. So... I, uh, my partner and I are buying a company called Performio, P-E-R-F-O-R-M-I-O. Website is performio.co, C-O, and it's sales commission software. So if, if you're a company with 20 or 200 sales reps and most likely once a month or once a quarter, somebody is pulling their hair out, trying to calculate sales commissions. They're gathering data from lots of different parts of the organization and they're, they're crunching that in a big Excel spreadsheet and all the sales reps are wondering what they're going to get paid and it's taking forever and everyone's stressed out and everyone's complaining. And, and this is software that just automates that whole process, right? So it, it talks to all of your systems, your internal systems, it gathers the data 
it uh, crunches all the numbers and there's a nice app for the sales reps. They can log in and they can see exactly what they're getting paid and why. So they have peace of mind and the folks in sales ops and finance have peace of mind because this whole sales commission calculation is a lot easier and everyone's happy. Yeah, no, I've run into this problem before where you're trying to run a commission or a bonus schedule through Excel and somebody makes a mistake and then the the checks go out and every single one of our team members that got this check, the property managers got these bonuses, they almost all of them emailed Im- immediately, <laughs> yeah, were know. fired up and assumed the absolute worst. Oh, dude. They assumed yeah. that, oh, I'm getting shortchanged and this is something, you know, they're, they're cheating me somehow, right? Where if it, we just had some software where it was like the point of record, the system of record that we didn't have to rely on some formula on the fifth tab of some Excel spreadsheet that someone was cranking out, that would have solved all those problems. Are you, are you saying you're going to be our first customer I'm after, saying after that, I take over? Well, the- <laughs> what I'm trying to do here is I'm trying to get Performio to sponsor the podcast. <laughs> yeah, why and, not? And uh, start paying for all <laughs> this. Give you a free demo. Yeah. So yeah, I'm ex- we're excited. It's a great product. The company's awesome. Great team. They're, uh, they, they're actually headquartered in Australia. They were started in Australia and they've entered the US market a few years back and they're killing it. And so, yeah, we're going to take over. There's, a, now, there's an office in Southern California that I'm going to be going into starting Monday. I'm going to meet the team. I'm fired up and we're going to start growing the business. Yeah, this is just so great because it, it just as easily could have gone the other way where, you know, you were getting pretty close to the end of the search fund process here. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we're, we're if anyone doesn't even know, my partner and I, uh, we had formed a company called Stables Partners and we were a search fund, which means we were looking to acquire and operate a company, just one company. Uh, we had a group of investors that backed us. And, you know, there's a risk that you don't find one that uh, you don't find one of sufficient quality or one that's going to work out or the ones that the ones that the investors want to back and you end you end up with nothing after two years. And so that's a risk for sure. And we got we got to the bitter end. I mean, we had yeah. we actually had to extend uh, three months, I think. I want to see the the stats on how many of these companies and these search funds were purchased in the last uh, two months of the, the process. <laughs> nothing like a deadline to motiv- <laughs> motivate you to, to make it happen for sure. But no, no, we're fired up. I mean, my, um, you know, my partner and I, Luke, we've, you know, this deal has been now for going on for a couple of months and I think we're at the, you know, we're at the like in, fourth and inches or whatever you want to call it. We're at the, we're, we're at the one yard line. And I mean, frankly, we shouldn't even be talking about it I right know, this now. Is this stupid. is stupid. Okay. A, can we knock on wood now? Yeah, there we go. Not, there well, we, that's just plastic. That's table. Right, that's not wood. Yeah. Okay. Do we have wood in the office? No, no. Um, anyway, so yeah, and that's that. So we, um, you know, I don't, we found this deal through our, you know, our, our kind of our traditional search, right? We, we were emailing CEOs of companies, uh, reaching out to them to see if they wanted to sell. And this particular owner was just an awesome guy, Australian guy. And he was splitting his time between Australia and the United States. And Ooh, that's a bummer. For yeah, me. it was tough. It was tough on him. We ended up having a coffee and hit it off. And, uh, you know, I love the business. I loved him and he's going to stick around and he's going to continue to, to run sort of the, uh, the Australia side of the business. And then my partner, Luke, and I are going to run the, run the company from here and uh, grow it in the U.S. Did you feel like this was a function of the process that you guys had in place where it was systematic emailing, reaching out to these, uh, these owners of these software companies combined with just great timing with this guy's <laughs> life, just being like, that is the worst freaking flight and I'm so over this. I think that, that's definitely one thing I've realized through this whole, pro- you, you got to have a process, right? I don't think it matters as much of what the process is, it's just that you have a process so our process is that we would comb through LinkedIn and find the CEOs of software companies and reach out to them via email. Um, other people send letters, other people make phone calls. So yeah, definitely have a process, but man, you're right. Like so many things have to go right, right? I mean, the, the Venn diagram, the overlap of Venn diagram of sort of like quality business, looking to sell at that time, interested in selling to somebody like you, the overlap there is extremely small and uh, you do have to, there's a, a lot of luck involved, I guess. 
So, okay, well, let's let's talk about after you found it, what do you do now? You found it, you bought it. Now, what does the transition look like? Right. So we, right, you know, this is, there's no, we, we literally get a weekend off, essentially. You know, we're going to close tomorrow. It's Friday. Wait, and wait, you're not just going to Hawaii for two weeks? Because that was an incredibly stressful process <laughs> and you did it? I know, right? You that's what I would do. That's what my wife was asking me. Uh, no, we get the weekend off and then we're starting Monday morning. We're going to go into the office in Los Angeles. We're going to meet the team, uh, kind of present our plan for the business um, and then sit down and get to work, roll up our sleeves and actually, you know, run the business. So, you know, investigate what, what sales and marketing up to. How can we make improvements there? Um, and, uh, you know, how, how can we execute on the, the plan that we put in front of our investors that we're going to we're going to go after? Nice. Do you show up the first day in like the, the best parking spot and just really, you know, <laughs> set the tone? Yeah, I think no. no. I think I think probably get the worst parking spot. I'm going to be coming from uh, an hour and a half away, so I'm, I, hopefully they won't already be there by the time I get there. Yeah, well, you better be the first person in the office. You better leave at uh, four a.m. Oh, you know I, to you LA. know I will. You know I will. I know you will. Yeah, I'll be up at five thirty and out the door. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm fired up. So yep, starting next week, taking over. It's it's happening. The uh, the current CEO, the guy from Australia, is going to be there for a few days to help us kind of shepherd us through and meet the team, and then he he takes off and he actually goes on vacation. So then literally hands us the keys. I remember when I took over my previous company and I think I've said this on a previous podcast, but it, well, it, yeah. Why don't you say it again? I mean, why not? You know, why so, not? Or the yeah. listeners more. When it, I just remember it became very real. Like once the mail comes and like somebody just gives you the mail, I'm like your, you, your problem. Here now. you go. This is the mail. You got to yeah. open this and figure out what to do with it. I'm like, so I don't know what the equivalent will be when you take over a software business like this, but, um, yeah, here's the, uh, the, the problem list, the, the bug list for this week. <laughs> exactly. Here, here's all the reasons the customers are, are frustrated at you. <laughs> Figure it out. So, yeah, we're excited. You should be, man. You deserve it. This is a crazy process that you've been through because, like you said, you know, any deal is hard, but, man, the, the concentric circles that need to line up here are unreal. And, uh, you know, not everybody buys a company, right? And not, not everybody goes through this process, gets it done. So... You know, of course, now the real work starts. So that's the that's the ironic thing about that all the, of this. That is the crazy thing, right? But yeah, the, the search is difficult, right? To find a great business, and then you you go through the whole deal itself, which is just you know the deals are just painful. They take a long time, and there's a lot of diligence and back and forth, and those you know, sleepless nights, and then and then that finally closes. And then it's like, all right, now now the job starts, right? Now the real work starts. So, you know, and we're we're well aware of that. Yeah. So now the real work real work starts. Jeez, can't even talk. <laughs> And uh, so you're no longer technically an investor. I mean, you're kind of back to your your roots. You're an operator now. Yeah, and this I think this is where I feel most comfortable. I mean, this is this was my life. I was I worked in operating businesses. I, I ran sales and sales ops and things like that. Um, so yeah, I'm back in that world again. Well, so what when you were an investor, what did you learn? What did you think about that? Did you enjoy the process? I mean, we we told a bunch of our listeners that you were an expert and they've been listening to you about I investing know. for God. for months. Little do they know. Yeah, I always I always felt like a little bit of an imposter as an investor just because it was never in my DNA. It was never my background. I, you know, I kind of just became that, I guess, over the last couple of years because I was looking for a company to buy. I I thought it was fascinating kind of sitting in an investor's shoes, right? Cuz I think I think when you're an operator, you know, really what you're focused on is you're really focused on one business, right? You're inside of a business and your, your whole life is like, how do I make this business successful? Like, what are the things I can do inside of this business to make it as successful as possible? Whereas when you're an, an investor, you're looking across lots of different businesses and you're like, which, which business do I actually want to own? There's this like element of choice that you don't have as an, as an operator. 
and it just forces you to start thinking about business differently. Because then you start thinking, okay, now you start thinking about, okay, there's there's a range of business quality, right? There's great businesses that spit off a lot of cash or have a great competitive advantage or are going to have a very predictable cash flows. And then there's bad businesses that are very lumpy or they're not predictable or they don't have much of a competitive advantage or, or defensive mode, whatever you want to call them. And you, I just thought, I just found that whole process very interesting. I know you want to call it strategy or, or, or capital allocation, whatever it is, but I thought that was cool. And I think it'll probably, it'll make me a better operator because now you start to look at the world and when you're, when you're running a business and you start to really think about, okay, what is, what, what makes us unique as a company? How can we beat our competition? How can we carve out, you know, sort of our own special unique place in the universe where customers will want to buy from us and, and that we don't just look like everybody else. So I'm excited to kind of take that lens and bring it back inside of a business. Yeah, well, that you know, I think that's interesting because you know, you did spend a ton of time thinking about well, you know, which industry do we even want to look at? I mean, it was it was too much of when you first started. It was like we could do anything, right? Which is impossible. Yeah. So then you kind of got that's in the, the weeds. Worst on, feeling. Yeah, it's it's too many options. So then you got really granular and decided, you know, what what defines a good business? What do we, what businesses do we think are defensible and we can grow? And you narrowed in on software, which you know, obviously one of the the best business in the world, probably. Uh, so it was amazing. You guys were able to get a, a reasonable deal, but it was, it was fun to see you focus on, you know, the business model and, and thinking not just like, Hey, what can I do with this and how can I grow it? But, you know, even on its own, is this business, you know, justifiable and can it grow? Yeah, totally. And that, I, I think, I think a lot of people are in businesses that are just, they're tough, right? They're, the, the juice isn't worth the squeeze or it's a tough way to make a buck. And it's like, you're, you're ferociously competing with your competition, and you're providing a product or a service that's for all intents and purposes is extremely similar, the same as what other people are doing. And man, it's like, if you have the choice, you don't, you wouldn't want, you don't want to be in those businesses. I mean, that's just, life is, life is less fun, right? You want to be in businesses where, um, you know, there is some predictable revenue or there's some, you know, profitability, or there's a, a chance at sort of, you know, having a unique advantage that you, you could do things that no one else can do. And I, I think that's the goal. And, and I think the more you can, even if you're, even if you are in a business where it does seem like you're doing something similar to everyone else, I think that's the way you should be thinking is how can I, how can I sort of change this business so that I am unique or I am doing something different than the rest of the competition? Yeah. The defensible part is key, right? Cause then it's, you know, if you're onto something good and there's no way, there's no way you can, uh, you know, differentiate yourself or, or, or create that moat, then, you know, you're just going to get bled away. But, yeah. you know, it'd be interesting to see, I, cause you know, you, you kind of said, well, I'm, I'm switching gears to being more of an operator, but the, you know, there's still an investment component to capital allocation and you know, you're going to be making a lot of revenue, this software company. And where do you use that revenue on? Right. You can, is it more employees? Is it better marketing? Totally. And you're yeah. not going to be able to do share buybacks and, or, you know, distributions and dividends, but there's still a fair amount of capital allocation, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, we have a great board. Our, our board is going to com be comprised of two different investors that are investing in us. And, and and those guys are super smart about capital allocation. So I'm excited to learn from them. But you're right. I think that's a big part of what a what a CEO has to do is just decide where to spend the money, what's going to give you the best return at any given time. And that changes, right? It changes at any given time. But I was going to say, one other thing I learned about being an investor, Brad, and, and I, you know, I don't know how you think about this, but I think investors underweight operational efficiency or operational excellence, whatever you want to call it. A hundred percent. You know what I mean? It's like, there's the folks that are really in a strategy, meaning like, Hey, it's all about sort of the, 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 the you know, five force, you know, the strategic forces acting in your business report as five forces, whatever you want to call it. It's like the, the sort of the, the, uh, the environment with which your business operates and how, 
how much that contributes to you being successful. And then there's the folks that are on the opposite end where it's like, no, it's all about how well you run your business. Like, you know, are you executing, are you, do you have great sales, great marketing? You know, are, are you, are you saving money where you can, are you doing everything right? And I think investors sort of fall into that mainly looking at business quality and strategy and, and operators maybe overweight the operational efficiency. But I, you know, I think both are extremely important, but I do think investors probably underweight that, at least in my experience. Totally. Well, one, it's because most of the time the, the person who is looking at the investment is not the operator. Yeah. Well, so it's easier to just be like, oh, the operators will take care of it. Right. Yeah. I think it's tempting, right? It's like you, if you can't really get in there and roll up your sleeves and actually help the business and you, you probably underweight that aspect of it. A hundred percent. And then, you know, I, I'm, I'm seeing this right real time now because I'm starting to do a little more joint venture deals where we're, you know, we're, we're joint venturing with oh, local yeah. operators. Yeah, so you're going to be less hands-on in the investment. Yeah. And you know, people who are interested in kind of partnering or sending me deals are like, this is, this deal looks amazing. It's a 25, 28% IRR. And then I kind of look in the details and be like, well, that's a lot of execution risk on this deal. Right? <laughs> There's no you know, way you're going to make that work. Whereas five, six years ago, I'd be like, oh, whoa, high 20 IRR in a, in a reasonable market. Market done. Let's yeah. do it. So oh, yeah, yeah. now I, I definitely have much more respect for boots on the ground, kind of roll up your sleeves operations. And, and at the end of the day, you you have to grow this company, right? It's the search fund model is structured where you're going to make a disproportionate amount of money if you're able to grow it and hit kind of your targets. So that's not going to come down to hey, did we buy this thing perfectly? It's going to come down to operations yeah. and execution. When I I, re, I just realize it's just you need both, right? You just really need both. Well, like, so I I actually I'm gonna push back. I don't think you need both. I think you need uh, you can get away with buying stuff incredibly cheaply in with good in, in good business models, right? Uh, and get away with it. But I think that the you best mean without, companies you, without having any operational excellence. Yeah, you, you just kind of do the basics, right? You don't you don't screw it up. Yeah. Right. Because I've seen that. Uh, you know, out of our portfolio, we have a couple of those assets that, frankly, we've left a lot of money on the table. You just got a smoking deal. But we got on a smoking deal on it, yeah, and well, it just we, there's a cushion. And I'm sure that works in private equity too, on um, buying businesses. Like, look, if you bought something in 2010, right, you almost had to try to mess that thing up. <laughs> yeah, so that's a good. You know, maybe the caveat is assuming you paid sort of a, a market market price. Yes. You know, you do. You need to buy the right business, but you also need to have just incredible, you know, you need to be credible in the operations and in and, and, and the execution. Well, I think that the elite firms, right, are the, the reason why they're elite is because they excel at both. And it's a cycle of success, right? Because you're, if you have a lot of confidence in your operational skill set, then you can actually bid a little bit more than the other people because you know that you can move the needle. Yeah. Right. And so you get more deals. And then you get some scale and you get better at operation and it's a circle of success. Yeah. It's a flywheel. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. The machine. So, so what, uh, what do we do now? Cause you know, we, we used to be two investors and now we're one investor. Yeah. I know we've talked about this. I, I think, you know, look, I think we're going to probably, you know, I'd love to keep the podcast going. These are so fun. <laughs> They're so, at least for us, you know, like, our audience probably doesn't care. They're like, look, guys, you're fine. Um, <laughs> Just go off. Do what you need to do. Yeah, but, you know, one of us is going to be, you're going to be an investor. Um, I'm going to be an operator again. I'm going to be back in the CEO role. Uh, and, and you're going to be, you know, pretty busy. Yeah, so I think, you know, let's, I think we'll probably end up pivoting a little bit, maybe making this a little bit more about, kind of more about you know, entrepreneurship, taking risks, you know, going out and kind of like, 
doing your own thing, whatever, you know, sort of a more of a, maybe more of a broad theme. What do you think? Yeah. So a lot of our uh, audience reaches out to us and, and asks questions in regards to starting their own investment business. And I think a, a fraction of those people want to go out and buy a company, right? So they want to start an investment business to find a company and do what you've done. Or they want to invest in real estate or they want to invest in, in companies, you know, actively, not just as, you know, write a check to somebody and have the, the sponsor run the deal. So I, I think it actually is a nice transition and it, it'll flow well in that, look, whether you're running an investment business or you're running a software company that's heavily, you know, in, in operations, you still are doing a lot of the same things, right? In order to make the investment work, you have to do a bunch of this stuff that that doesn't necessarily have to do with analyzing, hey, is this a good IRR, right? So I think it's going to broaden our market, and I think it's still applicable to what you and I care about and what we enjoy doing. Uh, and I think it's going to be really useful for the audience members that, that want to go out there and start something on their own and, uh, and compound wealth. And maybe we open it up to you, audience. <laughs> what do you say about that? <laughs> I think... Like, I think Brad and I are looking for feedback on maybe a, a little bit of a pivot in the podcast, right? So we've traditionally, you know, the, the podcast is called The Alternative Investor. We've spoken generally, you know, mainly about investing, you know, like how do you find deals? How do you buy deals? How do you identify good deals? All that kind of stuff. Um, and I think we did a fine job. And we, if, if, we, a, a serviceable job. C plus. <laughs> like, you know, like we, we passed. Um but, you know, look, we're looking at you guys to tell us um, maybe maybe what you would like to hear, right? I think there's a lot of entrepreneur-related podcasts out there. Oh, there's <laughs> there's like six or seven that are just, woo. Well, yeah, and I was going to say, you know, given that we're talking about sort of the unique value propositions of different businesses and what makes them special, we, we would like to be unique in, in our approach to maybe broadening our themes and talking more about entrepreneurship and doing things on your own and all the challenges and fun that come with that. So... Give us ideas, <laughs> you know, email us. I think we've set our email addresses before, but I guess to, for the avoidance of doubt, Brad, what is your email? Brad at evergreencapcap.com. Brad at evergreencap.com. And I am Grayson, G-R-A-Y-S-O-N at stablespartners.com. So that's stables like a horse stables and then partners like howdy partner. No, not nothing, huh, Brad? Yeah, well, uh, I've, heard it, I've heard it once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't have the same effect. No. Yeah. Uh, well, so I, I'll tell you what it's not going to be. So it's not going to be like, a, you know, a, a podcast that's going to be about, hey, uh, this is all about hustle and uh, success porn. And hey, you got to, you know, work till 3 a.m. to get this done. And or, inter or only interviewing like super successful entrepreneurs. Yeah. We'll just talk about their story. Right. It's going to be have themes of what we've been doing the last year here and go you know, pretty tactical, right? With practical advice that is getting, get in the weeds on certain topics, but hopefully won't be, you know, boring. Hopefully we'll add uh, some entertainment value to it, but it's not going to be, you know, lighting yourself on fire entrepreneur or, or uh, you know, us jacked up on Red Bull to try to motivate people every day to quit their job. Yeah. Although maybe we'll do that once in a while just to throw, throw a curveball. Yeah. But yeah, give us ideas. If you have ideas and sort of what you would, you know, sort of a fresh approach to an entrepreneurship podcast, um, with a name too we'll yeah, take naming so suggestions we'll take too that's one of my least favorite things to do is name things no totally um yeah shoot us an email i think you know expect more from us to come over the next 
few months, few weeks, whatever it is, uh, we're going to, we're going to be doing a little bit of a pivot, but yeah, we're excited. And so look, if, you know, I guess in conclusion, if you need sales commission software out there, you're a sales rep and you want to know exactly why you're being paid, what you're being paid each month, check out Performio. Brad, that was a shameless plug for the company I'm buying. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, we'll just send our you, first sponsorship. Yeah, we'll send you an invoice. No, it's no big deal. And then, yeah, stay tuned. I think we'll 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 have some upcoming changes around the topics, the kind of topics we cover. The you know, we'll be a little more broader. Probably make it more about kind of doing things on your own, getting out of the corporate gig, and, and starting things on your own, um, or just general entrepreneurship uh, or topics. But we we just want to thank everybody because we've really appreciated you know people reaching out, giving suggestions, you know, checking in, tell, telling us that they've enjoyed. What we've been doing, it's been really fun for us. I love the teaching aspect of this and giving back and, you know, certainly got a lot of help from from mentors when I was starting out. And I know Grayson has as well. So I just want to give you guys a, a quick thank you as well. Yeah, totally. We've enjoyed it. All, all the folks that have emailed us asking us questions or telling us how terrible we are, it doesn't matter. We, we, we appreciate yeah. it. Okay. So see you soon and uh, expect some slight changes to the format. Take care. Thanks for listening to The Alternative Investor. Since you made it this far, you should take a second to subscribe to the podcast and join our email list. There, you'll receive additional insights and insider access to the world of alternative investments. Just visit thealternativeinvestorshow.com.